0: Do we think about how obesity works in the wrong ways? This Netflix password sharing crackdown is blowing up in Netflix's face. Massive new evidence just dropped in the Murdoch murder case. We got a lot to break down on today's brand new Philip DeFranco show. So buckle up, hit that like button and let's just jump into it. Starting with news, debate and questions around obesity, which, hey, it's a very sensitive topic. It's very emotionally charged, especially here in the United States where you have the CDC saying that 41.9% of the population is obese and 9.2% have severe obesity. In fact, it's so prevalent the estimated cost of obesity in the United States was nearly $173 billion in 2019. And right now, we're seeing a lot of people ask the question, do doctors understand obesity? And this in part, due to recent comments from Joe Rogan. But looking further back, it actually stems from a 60 Minutes segment from January. Right, because there, you had Dr. Fatima, Cody, Stanford, an assistant professor at Harvard talking about obesity and saying that it's very misunderstood, including by people in the medical field. Explaining that it's a brain disease that basically tells you how much to eat and how much to store. For many of us, we can go on a diet, something like the biggest loser. Right, You mm-hmm. go and you restrict people. For most people, they will acutely lose weight. But 96% of those participants in The Biggest Loser regained their weight because their brain worked well. It was supposed to bring them back to store what they needed or what the brain thinks it needs. They're saying that when it comes to weight loss for patients struggling with medical obesity, willpower and determination aren't the solutions the way many people think they are. And adding that you need to understand the factors and causes of obesity, including genetics. But the number one cause of obesity is genetics. That means if you are born to parents that have obesity, you have a 50 to 85% likelihood of having the disease yourself, even with optimal diet, exercise, sleep management, stress management. And her claims they were backed up by other documents on the segment as well. Don't you think if people walking down the street with obesity, stigmatized as they are, shunned, don't you think if they could lose weight and keep it off they would. Right, so the piece, it provides an interesting, different look at obesity and the reality of losing weight for many patients. And notably, the doctor featured, Dr. Stanford's actually part of the 2025 Dietary Guidelines Advisory Committee under the Departments of Health and Human Services and Agriculture. So when that news came to light last month, we saw primarily right-leaning outlets having kind of an outrage field day. With Fox News, for example, running with the headline, Biden admin expert claims obesity cannot be treated with exercise and good diet. And the New York Post saying, physician who claimed obesity can't be treated with diet and exercise joins Biden administration. Right, with a number of people saying, hey you're taking her point about obesity and weight loss and genetics out of context and all that brings us to this week where joe rogan discussed dr stanford on his podcast and condemned her claims that genetics can prevent obese people from losing weight the data shows that most people who are obese have obese parents and they come from obese family but they're all doing the wrong thing it's not there's not like a person in that family that's eating grass-fed steak and running marathons and lifting weights and getting up at six in the morning and getting in a cold plunge and doing all these different things, but it's still fat as Right, that obviously contradicting some of what Dr. Stanford said, though he did say he thinks there is merit to the idea that obesity is not fully a person's fault, or that they're simply modeling behavior that they saw growing up, that they're a product of their environment. But to say that all obesity is just genetic is bonkers. That's a bonkers thing to say and it discredits all these people that we know that were obese that without surgery lost all that weight and looked great but to be fair to dr stanford that's not what she said she didn't say all obesity is just genetic. she said it is the number one cause right it's the leading cause right those are drastically different things you could have a leading cause of something that's i don't know as low as like 30 percent, or i'm just pulling that number out of my ass it could be as low as whatever as long as there's not a higher percentage of something else or the way the doctor's talking about it it sounds like the the search for a solution but the clip from joe it it mischaracterizes that to make it sound like she believes that it's the all-encompassing thing and is just trying to give people excuses which i mean i understand why you would get angry hearing that but that's also not what she actually said though with this specific topic i do want to highlight especially for the people that agree with me i am not a fucking doctor even as someone who has lost a lot of weight in a very healthy way i i don't know much i do find the idea of thinking this is a brain disease is very interesting and not because it provides excuses for people but because i relate to it like if you've been watching me for the past year i've been dropping this belief that i have that i don't think that adults can change without trauma but again this is just my experience and not the expertise of a doctor but for me it felt like the trauma was necessary to rewire part of me so I you know changed my regular actions I had health troubles and months of discomfort and pain and I think it shocked my brain into like oh this is just a taste of the the horrible quality of life you're gonna go through if we stay on the track of jam as much fast food into your face as possible while also sitting down for 10 plus hours a day you know I was very much a product of my environment my my parents just threw food at me you know Italian family manja manja if you don't eat someone's offended although back to the doctor, I do think ever pointing towards like the biggest loser is, is not something that makes sense. That's an extreme show with extreme people doing extreme things. But, you know, with this story, no, no matter your weight, you know, I want to hear from people of all different backgrounds, what are your thoughts on this topic? And then, <laughs> do you know that two out of three guys will experience some form of male pattern baldness by the time that they're 35? And maybe you have that friend or that family member that's dealing with hair loss and well, thanks to the sponsor today's show, Keeps, you don't have to just sit around and wait for that to happen. Whether you're looking to prevent hair loss, stimulate hair growth, or just take better care of the hair that you have, Keeps has you covered. Keeps helps you stop hair loss before it's too late with a scientific and affordable approach to treatments that are up to 90% effective at reducing and stopping further hair loss and in addition to clinically proven treatments keeps has an award-winning all-natural thickening shampoo and conditioner system you can get these products delivered directly to your door meaning no more going in person to the doctor's office for your prescription saving you both valuable time and money remember hair loss stops with keeps so to get your special offer go to keeps.com slash defranco or just click that link in the description that's keeps.com slash defranco and then love is sharing a password. That's what Netflix once told us. That's what they said. And then those blockbuster murdering motherfuckers in the darkness of night switched it up on us. We started seeing headlines and discussion about password sharing crackdowns on the platform, but also a part of what's out there is not true. So I'm gonna try and break it down and make it make sense for you. So it all starts with a report from the streamable, which cited changes on Netflix's help center page. With a report claiming that Netflix accounts would still be shareable, but only within one household. And adding to ensure that your devices are associated with your primary location, Netflix is now asking users to connect to the Wi-Fi at your primary location, open the Netflix app or website and watch something at least once every 31 days. With that page also saying no, you cannot share your password with someone outside of your household. But, Netflix will not start automatically charging account holders who are sharing that information. And we've known something like this is coming, or right? we've seen them testing different options in a few countries. The company itself even suggesting that we could see some of those changes in the first quarter of the year. So people saw that report and they were like, the day has come, the party is officially over. But, at least according to a report from The Verge, things are still very up in the air. With Netflix telling the outlet that it has not confirmed what kind of setup U.S. subscribers 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 will have and a spokesperson saying as you may remember we rolled out extra member in chile costa rica and peru back in march but the u.s and other countries don't have it the only thing that we've confirmed so far in our earnings on january 19th that later in q1 we expect to start rolling out page sharing more broadly with the verge also noting that right now the way a household is defined in the extra member test countries is different than in the u.s and looking further into it you know some of the rules about out of household access it clashes with other options in other countries where you know you're required to add extra members to your subscription and it's also worth noting that netflix's help center page has already changed again with no mention of the 31 day policy instead just saying that outside devices must be verified explaining when a device outside of your household signs into an account or is used persistently we may ask you to verify that device before it can be used to watch netflix or switch your netflix household and as for how you would verify a device a code would be sent to your email or phone number of the primary account holder and you'd be given about 15 minutes to enter the code into the device but also saying if the device is logged into the same internet connection as the primary account no verification would be necessary so it's a very different setup than was previously reported and honestly the the whole thing is just a fucking confusing mess, especially since we got an update today with Netflix telling IndieWire that its website and those updates were posted in error, providing the excuse for a brief time yesterday, a Help Center article containing information that is only applicable in Chile, Costa Rica, and Peru went live in other countries. We have since updated it, though it didn't specify which version of those updates it was talking about. While you have IndieWire saying that it still feels reasonable to consider those updates a template, we still likely won't actually know anything until the end of the quarter in March. And in the meantime, you know, we're seeing people freaking out, planning to jump ship, people openly talking about pirating Netflix shows. And while personally You know, I won't speak to the the piracy part, even though it's incredibly easy for people to do. Depending on what this looks like when they roll it out, I might actually cancel my subscription just out of principle. I don't care how many more seasons of Wednesday we get. As much as it breaks my heart. Sorry, Jenna Ortega, this has nothing to do with you. But your bosses at Netflix have gone too damn far this time. Like, there was a time where I could never imagine a world without Netflix. Like, over the last few years, it feels like they've gone from the king of streaming to, honestly, replaceable. There are so many better and stronger exclusives elsewhere these days. And it's weird. They're like, you know, they are a giant fucking faceless company, but they've been in my life for so long, I feel like I'm having a dispute with a friend. I'm like, Netflix, I've been rooting. For you baby People used to make fun of you And I had your back But all of this uh, Not the end of the bad news for Netflix Because we're seeing reports now That contestants participating In the new Squid Game reality show Told Rolling Stone That the show is cruel and rigged And you may have actually been seeing Headlines popping up About the controversies Over the last week The Sun tabloid reporting That the set was so cold People needed medical attention And someone was carried out In a stretcher Though Netflix, Netflix are Defending themselves Saying while it was very cold on set And participants were prepared for that Any claims of serious injury Are untrue But now we got even more Horror stories today From that Rolling Stone report With one contestant telling the outlet It was the cruelest, meanest thing I've ever been through. We were a human horse race and they were treating us like horses out in the cold, racing, and the race was fixed. And another claiming all the torment and trauma we experienced wasn't due to the game or the rigor of the game. It was the incompetencies of scale. They bit off more than they could chew. Because this is a massive production with 456 contestants competing for $4.56 million. It's the largest cast and cash prize in TV history, and in fact, some involved, say influencers and TikTokers were among the contestants. And you have people claiming that those people were pre-selected to advance to the next round no matter what and sources also saying that people who apparently crossed the finish line to the next round were eliminated anyways hey time will tell and uh, consider this a developing situation because depending on how all of this was set up the allegations of this being rigged could have massive implications like depending on the contestant agreements where the prize money is coming from how that works this i mean it could end up being a bump in the road or it could be a catastrophic nightmare for the company and then (laughs) this bombshell evidence is not looking good for alec murdoch if you didn't see my first segment on the murdoch trial last week uh, i suggest you go back and watch it i'll link to it down below The oversimplified five-second version is that he's a big-shot lawyer with nearly 100 alleged financial crimes hanging over his head, who either came home in June of 2021 to find his wife and son dead, or he brutally murdered them himself. This trial is meant to determine which story is true. Now, we know that both victims were found dead at the dog kennels on their property. The wife, Maggie, killed by a rifle. The son, Paul, by a shotgun. When Alex spoke to the police that night and three days later, he told them he was never at the kennels that night, by saying that his family went down there without him. Instead, saying he took a short nap after dinner several hundred yards away, woke up alone, then tried unsuccessfully to call his wife before driving to visit his mother yesterday we got evidence from the prosecution that punches a massive massive hole in that story a snapchat video taken by paul at 8 44 p.m which if you believe the prosecution's timeline would have just been five minutes before the murders sat the kennels and you can hear what sounds like alex voice in the background indicating that he was in fact there hey, and then minutes later at 849, data shows Paul read a friend's text for the final time that night, and then never read one that was sent just 36 seconds after. And Maggie last read a text less than half a minute after that, though her camera activated for a second five minutes later, which notably can happen when an iPhone tries to detect a face. Meanwhile, Alex's phone was inactive between 8:10 and 902. So either he didn't have it on him or he actually was taking a nap. And then computer data shows his SUV started up at 9.06. And at almost exactly the same time, he made three calls to Maggie's phone, then two more at 945 and 1003, all of which went unanswered. But mysteriously, all five of those were missing from Alex's call logs though they were present on maggie's which makes him look suspicious but the defense used that same data to tell a different story pointing out that maggie's phone which was later found on the side of the road a half mile away from the property recorded a final orientation change at almost the same time as Alex's first few phone calls suggesting that maybe the real killer saw alex trying to call her and toss the phone out the window of the getaway vehicle the defense also arguing there wasn't any blood found on alex's clothes when police arrived even though the shotgun blast had struck paul's head from your feet away would have gotten blood everywhere the prosecution fires right back with another video earlier in the night showing Alec wearing different clothes than what he had on when the police found him. As well as alleged evidence that a raincoat Alec supposedly stored in his parents' house days later had gunshot residue on the inside. the defense uses that video where he's wearing different clothes to bolster their own case. Arguing that you see Alec laughing, having fun with Paul, just further evidence they'd have a loving relationship. Also pointing out that two different guns were used to kill Maggie and Paul and arguing that it just wouldn't make sense for Alec to switch weapons between murders. With a theory that there were two shooters even getting proposed. But there is one piece of evidence that's not so circumstantial, Alec's confession. Or rather, his alleged confession because both sides of the court dispute exactly what he says in this video. It's from an interview with police where Alex shown photos of his mutilated son and he either says, I did him so bad, or they did him so bad. It's just so bad, I did it so bad. It's just so bad, I did it so bad. Oh, bad. But ultimately that's where we are right now and i really want to know your thoughts here uh one what do you think you hear on that tape but also two what are your thoughts on the whole situation in general especially if you've been keeping up with the story and that's where today's show ends for more news you gotta see i got you covered here but my name's philip defranco you've just been filled in i love yo faces and i'll see you on sunday